Here we are, another episode, people, and we're with Mr. VHS, Ferris. Hey. So I've been wanting to have a chat with you for a while and just pick your brains, and we'll see VHS has been gone for a few years now. Yeah, three. This is the start of my third official year. Third, third official year, but I think you mentioned it to me maybe five years ago. Uh, maybe. So yeah, I'm just keen to jump in and yeah. just talk to somebody that's kind of got himself into the industry and... Seems to be doing pretty well, in my in my opinion. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll go. Like I say, I think I feel like it was about a couple of years or a year before it kind of all then came out in the public. You mentioned you had this idea. Yeah. So probably, when did it actually? Probably our summer 2019. Yeah. Just before I went off to Europe, I was considering another product, which was so I did some digging and it cost a lot of money, and I essentially I kind of put that on placeholder. For the time being, because I was without saying what the product was, it's going to cost me. It was going to cost me close to hundred grand, and I've never done anything like that before. So I was like, "Well, I will. I will do it wrong." Yeah. I, I was, so is this it, something that's maybe lined up in the future? Yeah. Not this is. Jump, this is. Yeah. This is. Not this to is, tangent off too much. <laughs> no. This is something I definitely will do reasonably soon. But <laughs> yeah, I put it on a massive placeholder just because I obviously starting a company is nothing I've done. I'm just an electrician. Yeah, bike bum. Like I don't know how to start a company. So, and it wasn't until I went to Europe, I basically was doing slap attack again on my bike, and then it just kind of hit me that, yeah. So it's hard VHS. I think it's because I'd already considered doing a company. So when I, because I'd already considered doing it and already done sort of the mental groundwork, when something came to me, it seemed a lot. It just sort of I don't know clicked into place, and I yeah persevered with it, and I don't know here we are. So but, before that, I guess to dig into. Ferris as well. <laughs> You've been in the mountain bike scene forever. When did you start mountain biking? Uh, pretty late, really. Well, I was 17 when I first moved to New Zealand. I was always liked bikes, but I didn't know downhill existed. And a friend of mine let me borrow a bike one day, and that was it, basically, from so that what, day what on. what year which, is that? Oh, 2007? 2007. Yeah, so. so I didn't know anything. I was yeah. like a baby into it. Didn't know who Sam Hill was, nothing. And then it was full, full on from there, watching all the old movies. Like, yeah, yeah. There was. I was hooked. Still am, really. But yeah. And then you've been and did a few years trail building, and then you were working at Skyline the year before me as well. Yeah. Been yeah. To that. But how long were you trail? So how long was it until you got into the trail building side of thing and really kind of dug your teeth into the mountain bike? I guess mountain biking is a bit of a career choice. Yeah, it was I kind was, of probably um, a bit casual at the start. Yeah, I went and studied in Invercargill for a bit. And realized it wasn't for me. Um, not school. It's not school orientated at all. And I hit up Jeff Carter and I was too young to work for him and uh, so I waited six months and I emailed him again actually and I said and I didn't say I was old enough I just said hey I was young, too young last time and just made it quiet that I wasn't wasn't of age and he was like yep and I yeah, got a job at Enzo Trail Solutions I was there for maybe eight, nine months and then went to Canada for well maybe a year and then I went to Canada Was that with Enzo with, Trail? With Enzo Trail yeah which was pretty <clears throat> unreal I was only 20 I wasn't even 20 yeah, I was 21, and I was like, never really traveled other than when I moved to New Zealand, and yeah, it was pretty surreal, especially back then, the industry was relatively small, and to get to travel to Canada and build trails for good money, and with some good guys, and like, just experience that was, like, still to this day, probably one of the best things I've ever got to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, unreal. So what parts of Canada months. were you based in while you were there? Uh, so you obviously know the Coast Gravity Bike Park. Yep. So, basically it's that little town called Seashell, and you got the inlet a couple of hours on a boat. 
maybe a couple of hours, I think a couple of hours on the boat. We were staying at some Christian camp. Some Christian camp? Yeah, we had a Christian camp look after us and we had like a little a little floating house off to the side. Yeah. We had, to keep, we had to keep away from them when they had camps on because obviously we're like sinful atheists. Yeah, sinful dirty mountain bikers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was unreal. Then we got like a boat every morning for 10 minutes and climbed up a hill for a couple of hours. Probably, I'd say close to the size of Skyline hike a bike up there every day yeah and you get pretty fit pretty quick so but what were you built was it like a bike park that you're building over though or is it just um like a trail network to be it's kind of like the warra gorge um, oh yeah yeah warra gorge but not public obviously the warra gorge wasn't public um if anyone doesn't know what that is obviously it was a private nelson. bike park in nelson for for a billionaire um and his friends essentially and then once he once he threw in the tower i think he basically gave the, the nelson one to uh yeah, it got yeah. gifted, I think. Was it, it was like a, to the crown, I think they got it? And I then think that's, that's what they called it, yeah. But it, and yeah, then the when I was left, able to take over it. Yeah, when I left Nelson, there was a rumour going around. It might have been true. Maybe I'm making this up. But someone said that there was more kilometres of trail at the Warra Gorge than it was in Whistler. This would have been 2012, 2013. So, there was a shit ton of trail there. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah I've only been there the ones. I'm keen to go back. Yeah, there is another side of the hill which you don't use anymore either, which had quite a lot of trail in it with your block blasters. So there's, there's more than even what's sort of available to on the network yeah. yeah so and then, was, yeah it was an interesting couple of years for sure so that it, kind of like got you into the oh leap probably leap, leaped, yeah, leaped you into the mountain bike side of things a bit more in terms of like getting into the industry and working with people and meeting people yeah that are like-minded yeah there was a lot of lot of lot of a lot of good people in that sport even even when worked there for a bit yeah and obviously eddie and stuff but so you were at the gorge for a bit as well yeah, I was at the Gorge oh, at the yeah. start, yeah, sorry, for the first, like, nearly close to a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I met Wynn, which was quite, at the time, as a young person, just started sport, it was pretty surreal, but... You're getting attacked by a cat, so if you can yeah. hear a bell, like, jingling, there's a cat attacking his... <clears throat> Settle down, kitty. So that was that would have been when Wynn was on, was it Ancelotti? Uh, the Italian bike? Or was he on Bulls by the time he was working at I think he'd just gone to Bulls as he left. So he was kind of like, he'd started to do the wind tv on was it dirt yeah because he, he broke his wrist just before he went overseas that's yeah. why he did the wind tv thing like properly yeah because he'd already booked everything i guess something was paid for so he, he still went and but i think it was like literally like a week before he's meant to leave broke his wrist and i don't know i don't know the full ins and outs but yeah yeah pretty pretty yeah worked <laughs> out for him so <laughs> but so you got in got to meet a few characters on the world cup scene and then did you, were you just like right this is yeah, once then Do you know you kind of wanted to chase that sort of that scene from there? Or? Yeah, I mean, I was just hooked on the sport. And then when I first when I moved back to New Zealand, I was a bit lost. Because obviously, yeah. Enzo Trail Solutions was special, incredibly well paid. And yeah, it was like kind of a little bit lost for a while. And then I was, I was like, well, I need to go somewhere that's a good bike park. So Queenstown is kind of the only option. Um, so I yeah, got a job there for a year. It was good, but obviously it wasn't into trail. Yeah. Then I went and just did an electrical apprenticeship for a bit, just so I could afford to stay and do things in Queenstown and be here. But yeah, yeah. And then the seed was planted. Like you said, you said earlier that you always wanted to build a company. You say? Um, or? I always wanted to be my own boss. Yeah. I just didn't know how, when, what, why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so were you actively looking for a while to, at what sort of niche you could find in the mountain bike? area that you could build yeah. a company around or uh, yes and no hey um i guess it's one of those things that kind of happens organically yeah um yeah i don't know i just had an idea that i had for a long time which was the one i, I won't say about yeah future yeah the future yeah. the future of vhs but um yeah i just kind of snowball from there because once i realized how to sort of initiate building a product and sourcing and 
yeah, once I started slowly learning over a couple of months on just frantic Googling, yeah. I um, I realized it was still hard, but not as far-fetched as you put it in your head. Mm. Um, yeah, and then just I just came up with an idea, and I didn't know if it would work necessarily, but I was like keen to put my money into it. I was like, well, at the end of the day, hopefully I'll break even, and if it doesn't work out, then it was a, a little blip, and yeah. I just keep doing what I'm doing, but I just was like, well, I'd, better, I'd rather try it than not try it, and... Yeah. yeah, nothing worse than not doing something and regretting it. So. so just in case there is anyone listening that actually doesn't know what VHS is, it's a slapper tape, but you've got little uh, like bubble, like rubber bubbles on it, essentially, Yeah. which help <laughs> suppress the, the, the chain slap off your chain, chain stay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like to that, what was it that kind of sparked? What, what did you see that made that like light bulb moment in your head that made you go down that route initially? I was literally at, I was at Vertigo Bikes and I was reinstalling my slap at uh, so get, obviously Markov maker. Yeah, the, was it the Markov or the Marshguard one? Uh, yeah, sorry, Marshguard, of course. Um, it's just, but it's just obviously, it's just 3M tape, they're yeah. rebranded. And <coughs> so I, all I did was, obviously we all buy this stuff, we kept using it and it la- depending on how you do it, it can last. Yeah. But the way I was doing it, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of getting sick of, of replacing all the time and it doesn't matter how good a job you do it can look neat but it doesn't ever look great yeah and I was like well we're all spending a couple of hours every time we do this maybe every three or four months spending the same amount of money so and that's like, that tape's not cheap that was what was it 50 NZ dollars for they, the, yeah I think they're a little bit cheaper now and if you buy it from like an electrical wholesaler it's obviously a lot cheaper but you've got to buy like five meters well the 3M stuff was expensive but you got a long a lot but yeah. then the marsh guard like you say was like a slightly more refined version to fit bikes, but it was a smaller roll. Yeah. For a little bit less than what 3M tape. Yeah, comes. it's only 25 mil wide. Yeah. And so you normally have to buy two, or you have to go to, which you know, it's that's fair enough. Good on them, like. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you can't but, blame um, someone for. Nah, exactly. And uh, but I was just yeah, it doesn't last because it's not designed to take that abuse. It's designed for electrical t- products. Yeah. So I just yeah, I just looked at that and went, well, we all do this. It's obviously it's a hole in the market, as far as I'm concerned. There's not, and bike manufacturers have stepped it up, and they all make, they all make slap guard like decent yeah. ones. They've all got like Yeti just dropped a new bike with a really good one, but they obviously all do those very hard. Yeah, because it needs to last in theory as long as the bike. Because yeah. mine's more of a consumable, like a tire or whatever. Yeah, um, if you foot rub, it's an issue. But you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, that being said. Some of them obviously really good. Some have come with nothing. So yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd, yeah. And back then there was no one that was doing really anything other than maybe specialized. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so what was your? Did you to come up with the design of the little, I guess the air bubbles on the, on the tape itself? Was that something that you just immediately were like, uh, yeah, it's an obvious thing to do, or did you kind of sit down and have a bit of a, a brainstorm on how you can make this, like the the marsh tape better for I essentially I, what I did is I actually I found a guy who can, do, who can do CAD stuff pretty comfortably and I I went off and grabbed a couple of rolls of Mastic Mastic tape and I basically recreated four or five designs of what I would think would be good based on just what I would want to look on my bike like obviously you've got to play with aesthetics yeah. and then you've also got to play with the spacing because everyone says to me oh, I'd be good if they're better spaced yeah. but the issue of that is if you space them too far apart when you put it on your bike because it's custom fit is that you'll actually end up having to cut through or missing parts of your frame yeah. so it's all to do with spacing angle I've got, a, I've got a few changes I'd like to make to it but for now it's I think it's pretty good 
but yeah, it's just I made five samples and I sent these very semi okay looking <laughs> versions to 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 this guy in Auckland, and he catted them up for me. And then from there, I decided which one to go for. I was originally going to launch two different styles, but the amount of money that required, and then it was like, well, he may as well just make one. Obviously, yeah. it's going to work regardless. So, yeah, I mean, I played with lower profile ideas. I played with a lot of different designs, but this is, this is the one I went for, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily look the coolest, but it, I think it looks pretty neat. Well, I, like you yeah. say, you've got to find that middle ground between like performance and aesthetics and trying to find something compatibility that, yeah, yeah something that matches and yeah frames come in so many different yeah shapes and sizes so yeah but obviously i've had when i first launched it was a 25 mil wide hard rubber that my manufacturing or i tried i was hell bent on selling it in Auckland. Oh, that's right yeah so <laughs> it didn't i wasn't proud of it when it first came out i was stoked that i've done it but i wasn't i wasn't happy selling it to people that much i think i actually ended up replacing nearly i don't even know the numbers but i I ended up giving away a lot of the second version to customers of the first version just because it wasn't up to scratch. Um, if it were, if it, if you had like quite a square frame, it worked perfectly. But yeah. as soon as you had some like intricate shapes, it just didn't hold. Yeah. The manufacturer, in my defence, <laughs> didn't make it to spec, so the bottom of it was too thick, so it wouldn't it would just peel off. It wouldn't and, like wrap around. Yeah, but yeah. so and I spent maybe another six months after that looking for a new manufacturer within New Zealand, but obviously. This isn't a manufacturing country, yeah. at least in that sense, and it was, the cost was absurd. So yeah, then I found a manufacturer overseas that kept trying to make the boxes here and pack it myself. Yeah, and obviously that wasn't sustainable either. So now I'm fully in Taiwan and yeah. I've shipped out of there. But yeah, it's a few a few changes, logistics. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a lot of moving parts. Which yeah, I didn't quite appreciate. And you tr played around with a few different rubbers. Can you talk about because you were wanting to try and do recycled rubber? Is that something you want to try and still chase? I'd like to in future. Yeah, um, it's not as easy as is. Yeah, it's tricky. If you're like a big company and you've got yeah. a lot of money behind you and you can send people overseas and you can legitimately test a lot of products, it's it's possible. But I do find, yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do and then you've also got to just chase. sourcing it is it easy to like because the only brand I I think ODI do a set of grips but it's like a only one of their grips I think is actually recycled rubber okay I didn't know that I th I think I can't remember what the brand's called but I've noticed it once because I might be wrong actually but I'm pretty sure ODI might have like one of their styles but I guess did you is there did you play at all? Is it like the quality of rubber you get back kind of questionable as well? Is that? Yeah. So when I was trying to do recycle rubber, that's when I was trying to do it all in New Zealand. And so I haven't actually really looked, to be honest, I haven't really looked into it much since. Um, we were using rubber and, I, and the problem with recycles is it's normally grainy and you can't yeah. get the exact mold and then it'll probably tear up quite easily with a chain rubbing over it all the time, which is another issue. There's probably a way. There's definitely a way to do it. Um, I just haven't ventured that far down. Yeah. rabbit hole yet especially when you're dealing with sort of when you're dealing with manufacturers in china or taiwan even if they're good it's quite difficult to get that initial unless you can source it for them yeah they're not really that interested um well i imagine they got so many orders coming from every direction exactly that... so um i mean at least i got a pretty reputable um manufacturer already within the industry so yeah. it's they're, they're i won't say the name of the company but they're, they're not shy in producing mountain bike products as it is so they're pretty they're really good yeah um but they put me onto silicon they suggested it and i was like well that's not a bad shout and obviously silicon's uv resistant it lasts longer i haven't had a single one unless your frame is always rubbing yeah i haven't seen one tear up yet 
on, oh, yeah. the, on the chain. So they're just a lot more durable. It's all our food containers mount silicon, so it's just hard to get an adhesive stick to it. Mm. So yeah, there's always there's always a counter. Like yeah, yeah. So, so you, like, what if you fix one problem? Yeah, and it brings up another. You can't. Yeah, I'm getting there. I found a few. Diff- I'm testing a few different adhesives at the moment to try and mitigate some of the foot rub. People call it delamination, but it's it's just foot rub. Um, yeah. But I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm always trying to improve it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you rub your foot, people rub through cranks, pain it. And is it so, just you kind of chasing all this, or do you have anyone else that does help you with um, this kind of stuff? Last year, I took on a business partner. Uh, he works for Ibis Bikes, head of sales, and he used to work for Santa Cruz, and he's done he's done a lot, a lot of fingers and a lot of pies, but he's more my pricing logistics. He's more of a businessman side of it. Yeah. The numbers game, I don't, I don't, when, I, when we launch a new product or change a new product or talk to distributors, here's the person who prices it up because that's where I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit too generous. Yeah. Or I just don't know. Yeah. Because I, yeah, when starting a company, when you ask, the first time you send someone an invoice of, X amount. You kind of just like putting a figure in the air, sort of thing. Yeah, right? well, it's, you, you sort of know, but you also, it's quite, even though you know what the product's worth and what it costs you and what you should get out of it, it's quite daunting sending someone, when you first start sending someone an email, it's like, yeah, you owe me a considerable amount of money for something I, you almost feel like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, like you've made something, but you don't necessarily believe it's worth. Yeah. You know it is, but. Yeah, or like ex- on paper. Yeah, it's all worth this, but in reality, kind of what? Yeah, once you send it off, you're like, oh man, that feels. It takes a while to get used to that. Yeah, like, but it's just business. But yeah, yeah. I mean, as an electrician, you go there and you charge whatever thousands to do a certain job. It's the same thing, but it takes a while to get used to that. I think because you, yeah, your your name's behind it, your company's behind it, and you're telling someone that your company and your product's worth X amount. It's a, it's a big thing to get over. I think yeah. probably the hardest thing in the in the industry for me personally. Um, Everything else is easy, but when you actually have to get your money, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I think that's my biggest hard up is I don't like to send invoices. Yeah. Even though, <laughs> yeah, I know it's weird, right? Sure, people receiving them don't mind not yeah. receiving them as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously I, I still do it, but it's funny. Like, you'll have a month where you're low in cash. You're like, well, I should probably invoice those people. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that time again. Yeah, time yeah. Of the month. But like, and no one ever bats an eyelid, and it's always always fine because of course it is. Yeah. Because they're making. Because that's what you've told them it's going to be anyway. Yeah, and so then they, they make double off it as well. You know, yeah. everyone makes money. That's the whole point. But yeah, it's just yeah, I'm getting used to it. Cheeky. I'm like, I always. Uh, very different example, but even when you're just like asking a friend for cash that you've bought a curry for or something, I'm like. Oh, you don't mind paying me that twenty bucks for the yeah. curry I bought yeah. the other night? Not, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I'm always like, you, I feel like asking for money. I'm definitely one of those guys as well. It's always a bit shy to. Yeah. I don't know. Just something about yeah, like, it's weird to feel. Is always a bit. You shouldn't feel guilty for asking for money, especially if you paid for it. But yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. But I guess again, in your scenario, you're talking a lot more than a twenty dollar curry. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a bit hard. <laughs> yeah. um, and then in terms of breaking, to sound like breaking under the scene. I, from where I was sitting as well, I felt like we went from, because you actually told me it was, we were clearing trails for a local race over at Remarks. That's when you actually told me you had this idea. And I was like, just to keep it kind of low key. And then the next thing I heard about VHS was, for me, it felt like it was everywhere because you were looking at the bikes for World Cups and I saw the VHS table on quite a lot of the teams already. And <clears throat> considering I hadn't heard much in the lead up to that to see it jump on at the scene, I was like, wow. Yeah. That's that, pretty cool. So how like what were your steps there? Again, like you know, it must be hard to you've got this belief in the product and but to 
allowed to get World Cup teams as well, who are very probably picky about what products they put on their bikes. That like, how did you find? How did you find that process? That was that was probably one of the. It was very. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I know the answer. I'll say it. But man, it was. I wouldn't say it was easy because that's not the right word. But no, how do I how do I how do I phrase this? I don't know. I guess I was lucky because I launched first week in the lockdown. So everyone was on their phones and Instagram anyway. Everyone's a bit like, and then I launched the product on April first. That was kind of a bit of a mistake. Yeah. Because we thought we'd get swallowed by April Fools, but luckily, I say luckily. The reason was no, there was nothing. There was nothing on April first on Pink Bike. I assume because companies pulled the videos because of April 1st and it was a serious time. Yeah. And I docked a video with Eddie. I massive shout out to him for that. Yeah. Like, Your videos have all been quite funny. I, I, try, well. to I try to lead into that because at the end of the day, I don't want to be serious. Yeah. I'm not, like, I take my company seriously but I don't want to be serious. I'm not a serious person. Yeah. At least I don't think I am unless it, until it matters. Um, but, yeah, I like to keep things fun and yeah, Eddie, so basically, yeah, Eddie got in this video, um, didn't really ask anything for it it just helped me out, which I, again, massive respect for him for that. Launched the video. Within a couple of, couple of hours, obviously, Eddie's friends who race World Cups like Brooke and Sam, they're all sharing it. It was, yeah, blew up pretty quick, pretty fast just from that. Um, obviously, Evan stuck at home. Then Reese Wilson messaged me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he sent me a very positive first message. I couldn't... Had he just signed to track or was because he was on... Yeah, I think, he, was, I think he had maybe yeah. just signed, or maybe it was his second year, but he messaged me. Because he'd gone private, was he? Because he was private here on like a Commensal Supreme. Commensal 100, I think. Commensal well, 100, that's what it is. was he? That's now? what it was recently. Um, and then went to track. <clears throat> yeah, it might have been his second year of track. I can't remember, but yeah, it was, just into, it was just into lockdown, so everyone's talking to me and everyone's stoked on it. So I was just like, all right, I think probably 30, 40% of my product, because I didn't make them huge. My first batch was only 300. Yeah. And obviously the initial plan was to go to Lords and hand it to World Cup riders there oh, in person. Yeah. Um, but obviously we went to lockdown, I sat at home, everything seemed a bit bleak, like it wasn't gonna take off. So launched the video, it was meant to be like four more riders, so that didn't happen either. So I was like, oh, we've got what we've got, and just yeah. launched it. <laughs> and like, I was like, I was, you know, I spent quite a bit of money, but in the great scheme of things, nothing that would be, you know, like life destroying. Yeah, it'd and be a bit of a kick in teeth, but you'd Yeah, you'd but you'd just back. be like, oh, well, it's fun, you know? And yeah, basically just power Instagram. Um, yeah. I didn't even really run ads or anything. It was just a video on Pink Bike and then people sharing it because there's no mountain bike news. Yeah. So in terms of, it just lined it up perfectly. Like, you know, shout out to COVID, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, COVID? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah, it's probably the most positive thing. And then that gave me a year to kind of sort my, my processes out because it did better than I thought. So that gave me a year to find, a year and a, year and a bit, sorry, about a year, year and a bit to find a new manufacturer and get to where I am now, really. Um, but in that time, there was no World Cup racing. I think that whole season got cancelled. They came in at the end, and that's when Matt Walker won. Yeah. Okay. So, it wasn't so they the whole had what, like <clears throat> it was five, four, or five. It was only a few rounds, and they were doing double headers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So basically, in that time, more and more people were seeing the product. I was sending it to more and more pros. I think nearly everyone hit me up. Yeah. Um, obviously, being from a place like Queenstown now, you kind of know a few of them anyway, so you kind of can reach out. Yeah. Um, I've never given any obligation to any of the riders to post nothing I just said like you want product and they say yes sometimes they come to me and I'll for racing World Cups it's like yeah of course you can have it yeah um, one of my first purchases was actually through Emmeline Seekin Tyler yeah and she bought it and I messaged her instantly I was like you're not buying any more tape like just yeah. take it um, and she's, yeah she's really nice and it was like 
was very very supportive of the brand and was always posted about it so a lot of riders are very good for that and yeah it's cool it's cool to see like the community is very good in that way and, yeah um but yeah, i've never said to them post never said because why why should i they give their advertising product for free essentially yeah. well and then people are so hawk-eyed in the game like me and you are pretty like i think into it quite a lot and i know i when the pink bike like pit spits or whatever it's called comes up yeah i have a I'm not super nerdy in terms of knowing angles, but I'm definitely quite nerdy in looking at what components people run and how they run it. So little things like the VHS tape on bikes, are, yeah, I'll pick up on that sort of stuff. I find that like very interesting to see what, yeah, well, like, especially in teams when people may use. It doesn't happen it happens less now, but like an easy example is going back. I think Greg and I used to use that gamut chain device in Santa Cruz when everyone else had like an E13 or an MRP. Oh yeah, like little things like that. I've, Maybe a little bit before my time that in was, terms of... I can't remember what year that was, but I remember I found it interesting within teams when there was different components used by different athletes and why they do that. And yeah, well, it's like rev grips. Yeah. You know, you're like, Reese Wilson was a huge advocate of that, and you, because of that, you're like, oh, what, what? And you start yeah. looking, and you realise... And you see it, they like, they'll rebrand a rev grip to look like a different brand to mm. not annoy sponsors, but you, yeah, you, do, you look for it. Yeah, yeah. If you if you care about bikes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Yeah, I think working at the bike park and seeing so many bikes come through, you get very familiar with components as yes. well. Yeah. So then, from like a mile away, I could spot. Um, I can't remember what brand it was, but I was looking at some bikes on a, a website the other day, and I noticed that their caliper, just immediately, the caliper was like a Shram caliper, but they had a Shimano lever. Yeah. And I could tell because Shimano's got that like kind of barrel on top. Yeah. And I could see that, and I was like, huh. Yeah, right. I noticed like that it kind of been um, photoshopped together somehow, and I was like, wow. <laughs> "Yeah, okay, yeah." I don't know why those. I didn't photo. Or maybe I don't know. I remember just seeing like that, and it's the same when you look at pros bikes on like those pink things. So going back to the VHS, start to see it on a lot of bikes. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a few pros that have bought it or run it without my knowledge too, and then you see it on Vital or you yeah. see it on their Instagram. You're like, "What? That's." Like Nika Malali was running it a whole bunch with all these all his prototype bikes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Right name. I always get him and um, Dakota mixed up for some reason. But yeah, I'm, so I reached out to him as well. Met him in Leger, and he's he's meant to be coming out soon. At least he said that. But yeah, he he was yeah another another obviously nice guy in the scene, and it was quite humbling to know that someone like that was literally Saw physically it a purchasing product. my product. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't even didn't even hit me up for free stuff. And I I think that goes a long way as well. Like when pros just buy stuff and yeah. then you get kids messaging you for free stuff it's like man even the pros buy it like yeah yeah not there's nothing wrong with people messaging me for free stuff i, I, I appreciate done it, it done it yourself probably at some point everyone's done it yeah, yeah. you know but it's i think it's a way to do it but yeah yeah but it's, it's quite nice to know there's, there's pros out there who don't just throw their weight around in terms of and fair play to if they do because yeah. that's what they've earned but it's quite nice when you look at your order the history and you're like oh yeah i don't know it's cool no i agree there i think it gives like, um, you know, respect. It gives respect, and yeah. like you say, for you, it makes you feel like that person's purchasing the product because it's actually a good product, not just because they can get it for free. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It makes yeah for sure. That's actually yeah perfectly said. Really. Um, and you do actually work. So gone from the individuals, have you? You do actually work with a couple of teams. So are you working with Trex? I've seen it on their bikes. Or no, nothing. Is that officially. through the riders? That's just through riders. Huh. Um, I think. There's even I don't even think Trek necessarily want it on their bikes. Oh yeah. Yeah, you see a few like when they get new custom paint jobs, is their initial photos there's no VHS. Yeah. And then when they start racing, then there's VHS. <laughs> so there's a few there's a few things like that because obviously, 
I know I heard that Trek put a bit of time into creating their current OEM version. Yeah. So they don't want to be seen as not having done a good job. Yeah, that's essentially. fair. And I think yeah. that yeah, it's pretty common across most brands, which is again yeah, fair enough yeah. completely. But but to your point earlier, you know, you, if you see your product as more of a consumable like it is not con- like yeah. it's a consumable product and it's there to do a job, but that job, you know, it's yeah designed in a way that inevitably it's going to wear out. Whereas like they want their change state to last as long as well until the end of time yeah and at the end of the day say tracker they're advertising their bikes through world cups so they advertise their bikes or something that's not doesn't come with their bike Mm. and there's nothing they can really do about that it's not the best look for them Mm. i guess but but they've not said anything they're not that yeah i think every company's all good as long as they get enough photos with or without yeah no program at all um some teams are obviously like the you have to officially sponsor but it's like cam cole did me a solid and printed me all over the GT tents and they were running for ages on their prototypes. Yep. No obligation, but yeah, you put the logo on the side of a pit up there with Steve Pete and all those guys and you're like, what? And, it, nope. and you know, I probably shouldn't say too much, but you know they're all paying for it and they're just doing me a solid. It's just, yeah, it's like, I don't forget that stuff. Yeah. And when the company's bigger, I'd like to think I could be able to return that with payment. Yeah. But for, yeah. Until I'm paying, even paying myself consistently. I don't know how yeah. long, but maybe when the new product comes out and I finally figured out some logistics because that's that's a whole thing in itself, um, which I found I think I'm fine on top of. And yeah, you'll see, you'll see some bigger things. Hopefully. Yeah. So, so what teams are you? So you're not officially working with GTUSA? No, it? but I think it's just like a mutual agreement between yeah. everyone. Like they, yeah. So like uh, Banshee Cycles, who are now. I think they're another common cell team, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're printing my logo. There's a few. There's a few teams out there who will run, will run the logo. Yeah. Uh, Matteo Ingres was yeah being one of the first kids I sponsored on the World Cup scene before. I really knew who he was. He yeah he ran the logo. Yeah, it's cool. Not many. There's not many. I guess the only maybe official one uh, is probably Cuscus's team. For NS. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I, but I don't know. It's just yeah, nothing official. Yeah. I don't. I but don't. It's in I, quite a few tents. Yeah. Yeah, I don't say you have to print a logo. I don't do any of that stuff i just give them product and whatever they want to do for me in return is is already enough yeah like running it's enough yeah but if they want to do more than that math and that's I'm not gonna that's, say no no exactly and it's yeah i can't can't thank them enough really they're, they're helping me you know so yeah i mean i might give them like four or five hundred dollars of a product but that's not really that much yeah you know well but, you gotta you start somewhere exactly yeah to be supported yeah so no i just i just dish it out the pro hits me up once yeah. it's not even a question like i think that speaks volumes about the product though as well yeah, for it to yeah, be yeah. used naturally rather than forced upon a yeah I don't want to force anything on anyone <coughs> like um, why would you I don't yeah. know yeah but speaking of teams in the old Instagram world I've seen <laughs> is it NTV yeah yeah yeah. NTV is popping up yeah so what's uh, and this is a well I don't want to say a product of VHS but it's a well yeah what is it tell me um, another thing I've been wanting to do probably even since before is our product is I mean, I think everyone has this idea. Is imagine, like, you know you're not fast in the necessary to race World Cups. Well, at least I wasn't. <laughs> but you know you want to be part of the scene. And I guess before you start thinking about products, it's like, well, how else can you get into it? So it's another, it another one of those how do I get into the scene things. Yeah. And I guess in my head, maybe at the time, unrealistically, it was kind of your World Cup team. Yeah. Um, not there. Not saying this is a World Cup team at all. Yeah. But um, I think it wasn't... What's his name? It's got it slipped my mind. But there's a guy who used to do a transition, a Norco team in New Zealand, nationals team. Uh, I'm not sure. In there, but we have yeah, the name is there. The I think yeah. it might have just ended when you came here. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he did. A, he had a pretty cool team going for ages, and um, 
I don't know, took a bit of inspiration from that. I was like, I'd like to do that one day. Yeah. Um, so it's more of a development program team than a yeah, yeah for fully now. Fr- fledged. Yeah. So basically, yeah. I just got a bunch of quick Queenstown people um, and some people who just style these to help push the team media-wise and just start a national team, basically. I was lucky enough for Brobike has got the contract to do the only independent nuke-proof dealer in New Zealand. Yeah. And I was sitting there a bit late in the season to, to organize it, but I hit him up and I was like, should we do a nuke-proof team? Basically, yeah. is all it, what it was. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'll run it. I'll do everything. I'll pay for everything. Um, you'll get obviously advertising through the fact that you're the only new proof dealer, and he was all about it. Yeah. One thing led to another. Managed to secure a bunch of riders. Um, they're all keen because obviously the, the the price we can get bikes is absurd. Yeah. Um, realistically speaking, I pulled a bunch of other sponsors together, which again I can't believe. So this late in the season, that some of the brands that jumped on board, who yeah. were keen on it. Is, is pretty pretty unreal too. Yeah, because I guess the, the the real vision's maybe looking to the next New Zealand season then. Yeah, realistically yeah. speaking, I think to be honest, we'll only get everything in time for Wakatipa World Champs. Yeah, which if anyone well, that's know. the most important race of the year. So oh that's man, not really it's, bad timing. It's my <laughs> it's my favorite race of the year. Like, so yeah, hopefully we have everything by then. I'll have a big launch video. I think all of them are off overseas to race World Cups, and then when they get back, maybe we'll sort them some fresh bikes. Um, and then you yeah, really, really lean into it, see how everything goes with the new crankworks rules and UCI rules, and how everything's, you know, depending on what what I want to invest into and how yeah. much money I make over the season. And if I feel like I'm itching and I feel like I can make something work of it, I'm gonna, yeah, I'd like to think I can take do a proper development team and take overseas. Yeah. Um, whether who's on that team, how I run it is un, undecided. If it's a buy-in like Steepeats Syndicate back in the day or yeah. which you obviously part of yeah. or if I do it more of a somewhere in between yeah. it all depends on sponsors how much money I've got basically yeah. but yeah I just want to help really it's kind of my yeah I think yeah. it's probably is a dream of a lot of people but yeah the reality of setting it up and oh, the financial cost it's just not uh, there's no real benefit to yeah. it other than helping other people like I've already spent I don't even want to say yeah. but it's a lot of money and there's a lot more money to spend and I'm not going to make that back from selling tape yeah it's not a you know, passion project yeah whereas like a shop which is like no disrespect to any shops I get it's a lot of time it's a lot of time I've noticed but and I I've always been surprised that a shop doesn't do one in New Zealand yeah I know that, I know that they are ones that do it but yeah. they're always yeah I don't know yeah I think I'd, I'd happily if I had the money or the insides I'd buy the bikes yeah I'm not there yet I'd like to think I will be one day but I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit too generous. Yeah. I think when it comes to sponsorship, it's, I feel like it should you should be looking after that athlete like as best you can. Yeah. And I know companies do, but maybe I'm a bit more. I don't know. I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not talking shit on anyone. It's just. No, no. Yeah. Well, you get it. You're not talking about. There's definitely both sides to the coin. For sure. And like you say, you can't. You, you're not trying to tarnish everyone with the same brush, but. Yeah. You see, I don't know, even if you talk to some professionals or some, whatever you hear is definitely mixed reviews on how they, they feel like the team Yeah, some definitely team aren't is. treated how you'd expect them to be treated. Yeah. And you hear things and you're like, what the... Like, at the end of the day, yeah, you get this amazing deal through X company or X team, mm. but you they've picked you because you're, you know, yeah. you're the product at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, at least for, well, for, a, for a team, especially a World Cup team, obviously the bike's a product, but if you've got no fast riders and you don't look after them, why should they stick around? Yeah. But I don't know. How, what do I know? I don't. I don't have a team. So. Well, I guess we'll, well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I mean, I'd like to, but yeah, we'll see. Obviously, I, I can't imagine how much it's going to cost to go overseas of it. Yeah. 
So I've got an idea, but yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit daunting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but with um, with the team in mind as well, it's like what this even though it's very kind of it's very startup at the moment, kind of small key. What's kind of the thing that attracts? What riders are kind of catching your eye? What sort of thing is uh, moving forward to anyone listening to this? You know, that might not be at that level, and who knows how this might grow, but as a something for them to aspire to get involved with you know what would you want to see from somebody to consider have them on your yeah your team whether it's at a development level national level that we're doing now or that could potentially then go like grow to something that's you know an international mm. i think team. It's commitment right there's, yeah. um, there's obviously a lot of fast kids there's a few that i hit up that are already sponsored already um who maybe who may or may not join next year depending on how they perceive the team. There was one. There was one kid from Christchurch who's very fast. I won't say his name, but you probably know who he is. Um, but yeah, he's he's got a good deal with another team already. Um, maybe next year, once they've seen what we do, we can convince them to join. Yeah. But he's, he, you know, he's so fast. But it's the hard thing. I it's guess not in, all about results. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of kids who are very quick. But let's say they just don't put the, they're not putting the time in, or they care more about some other things. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I don't know. It's don't just hit me up on Instagram though and go, yo, do you have a sponsorship deal? Yeah. You know, put a bit more effort into it. But yeah, if you... If, Make I think of, do you know what I'd like to see? Well, I'm sure people do it. And I guess the people do do it naturally through um, Instagram a bit. But like a sponsor me tape? Like is it... Do people, like, do people ever... I've never seen like a... I think there's a few rounds done them, but you not You did many. something like that, didn't you? No. No, that's a steep peak. Mis- I've, I've done like the odd like fun video because it's yeah good, but like an actual for somebody that actually wants to get sponsored that doesn't have any sponsors yet making a s- specific tape yeah but, like I mean, what skaters do yeah. you know like a sponsor me edit kind of thing yeah i mean we've all we're, i mean filming's a difficult one i think yeah but we all kind of enjoy it yeah um i've made edits in it before even though i'm slow but <laughs> like because yeah. it's fun i like the process yeah, of it it's, it's not it was nothing to do with like me being like oh look at me look how fast i am because i know i'm not fast. yeah but I just enjoy, maybe I enjoy the media a bit more, but yeah, you're right, they should, I think if you really genuinely want to go places, you should invest in yourself. Yeah. Because it's all about branding. Well, especially now, I think, like, the, the dynamic of who gets sponsored now, I think has changed massively since Instagram comes out, because at the end of the day, what's the point, what's the point of a company sponsoring someone is to get exposure for their product. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately it's almost like a marketing exercise. Yeah. I think in terms of like the downhill teams, there's a kind of funny dynamic there because they're like almost like they're an R&D department almost. Yeah. When you're talking like those top level athletes, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're then racing that bike to sell it. But again, like, is that bike, when you see a bike do well on the World Cup circuit, is that necessarily selling the downhill bike or is that just promoting that brand to then even just sell trail bikes you know if you see a Santa let's say Nuke Proof because you've got yeah yeah you see Nuke Proof doing like really good on the downhill circuit but you're like I actually don't want a downhill bike I want a trail bike trail bike you're probably going to look at Nuke Proof trail bikes because you see how good the downhill bike performs yeah you know so it's like uh, and then with Instagram now like the only way for people for companies to get their bikes recognised was through race results on the World Cup circuit because that was kind of or through the odd DVD, but to get on a DVD, you normally know, have to be a pretty good rider. Yeah. 
recognize again through race results where it's because of Instagram anyone that does a good edit can just get there get recognized through the internet yeah well this is it so like people like Sam Dale and all those guys from back mm. in the day you know about those guys because they've been in the scene forever obviously and obviously good writers but they've all been on the, there was very limited media when we started yeah. there, was, there was only the odd movie so like yeah, whoever, if you got onto that movie you're, you blew up yeah like obviously you had to earn to be that to that point but now mm. you can yeah there's a lot of guys that you can do you, I can go film and edit with anyone tomorrow on my iPhone as yeah. long as you know how to use a phone and how to cut you yeah. can do something pretty sick without any sponsors without any not even a decent bike like mm. and you see it all the time like damn Booker blows up all the time with his little little clips like, yeah. obviously he's part of the team now but yeah. you know that's how it's, it's that's a huge marketing tool yeah. like even him doing that manual for those gates the other day yeah, it was those get shared everywhere yeah. and it's it's of course it does but and you, you, if you're getting like unless you're winning in a EWS or downhill bike that's not getting shared no, you no, know, maybe by your close group of friends if you've got a top 20 everyone will be like wow that's pretty, pretty yeah, awesome well, but unless you get on a podium if you come sick that's amazing but it's not going to get it's not going to blow up is new proof going to like put four grand into well any brand are they going to put like a bunch of money into promoting that you got sixth place at World Cup it's yeah. like maybe but people care about the top podiums like mm. and that's what and ultimately what does sell products and sells bikes and you know America, oh yeah I mean yeah you can but, see it but yeah. and then yeah but now we've again going to the the social media path it's like if you're getting recognized through that and you again that bike's being seen mm. doing whatever that's going to just put that that little oh, bit in somebody's head of yeah, that bike I mean, must be a good bike because he's riding it doing cool shit on when you see something sick on a good bike it does make you want to buy it yeah like, we, we all do it like you might there might be a bike you don't think you'd ever buy and then you see something amazing well we were saying before with um the old gambler yeah how it, i didn't like the bike at all until brendog got on it for me yeah <laughs> yeah when he did that when he did that movie and he sort of saw what it looked like yeah i got a grew a grew on me yeah whereas before i was i wouldn't have touched it with a barge bar i thought the thing was ugly but it's it's funny how if it's presented to you in a different way how mm. you see things in a different light and you know that it's all marketing but it's it works like yeah and if you and you i think riders have got to do it to themselves as well like Obviously, it's hard to grow on Instagram, you know, especially as another mountain bike guy. Yeah. Um, But it's important to have good content on Instagram because if a kid messages me and says, oh, even just for VHS, like, oh, do you do sponsorship, blah, blah, I'll always look at the profile, even if the the message is kind of rude, um, just to see what they're about. And if they're not really posting anything or putting much effort into their Instagram, it's like, well, I think that says a lot. Yeah. Whereas, like, Malik puts a lot of effort into his Instagram. Not a ton, ton, but everything he posts is him Good ripping. quality, yeah. Yeah, so you know he rips. You don't you don't even need to look at his results. Because mm. no, at the end of the day, no one's when someone messages you, unless they give you their results, you don't go onto some Facebook page for the New Zealand Nationals and try and dig for results. Yeah, you're not, it's not your job to kind of dig through it. That's no. for a rider. If they really want the sponsorship, they should do but that. But you look at their reels and their Instagram posts and you're like, oh, this guy is actually, he's not, he's not fucking about. He's, yeah. he's quick. And I think that says a lot. If, and if you don't do that, it's not necessarily the end of the world, but I think it's important. Yeah. So, I don't know. I have to say, I'm like, personally not hu- like a huge uh, Instagram kind of guy. And I think it's a shame at how much it has become like a business tool for, you know, like teenagers yeah. and stuff to try and like, and for how people are struggling so much with it in terms of like 
they'll get themselves off social media to almost have a break and I'm like yeah uh, even dude, you should it. be posting. I, I actually want to make, and I've been failing so far. So I want to make a <laughs> conscious effort to actually post more on Instagram because one of the biggest things is, especially for, I guess in my situation, I live in New Zealand, but all my family is back in the UK. Yeah. And if I don't post anything on social media, none of them get to, none of them get to see what I do. Yeah, you and do a lot, me, man. Like, yeah, I do like, a lot of lot of stuff. So yeah. I quite I put a lot on my story, but that disappears after twenty four hours. So they're not. Look, so I do actually think, I think it's a shame that how people judge themselves and put so much effort, and I understand if you're using it to try and get sponsorship, but at the mm. same time, if that post doesn't get 100, oh, I don't know how many likes people want, but like, if it doesn't get the, the amount of likes that they're pleased with, the, how they feel like a failure and it's like not doing very well, I'm like, Matt, you shouldn't, if, as long as your parents and your family and people that love you and care about you see that and like it, and even if they don't, because I don't like everyone's thing, because I don't. Nah. I'll, I actually I try to because I know it means stuff to people, but as long as people can see that you're doing all right and you're having fun, that's yeah, all right. This is the thing, hey, like, I notice you, you post something and not that you care. I don't care, but my personal Instagram, I've made it private now. I, I delete everyone. I just, yeah like not for any real reason other than just like I spend so much time on Instagram with work yeah and like it's it just kills your day so I just I restricted mine but yeah it's it's a, it's a it can be a negative place oh 100%. because you see everyone having fun because everyone only only posts the positives yeah um so yeah I I yeah completely agree it's it's a double edged sword yeah I think yeah posting ghost is pretty important I think but, um yeah and you can't naturally get sucked into it. and I, I and I'm also saying I don't think everyone should be on there posting like well, you can do what you want, but yeah. you, you kind of it would be like if everyone just went on there and had a whinge at how shit the day had been, or it would also be a pretty boring place. It's it's quite fun because what you see is like you get inspired by yeah a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, so it's, um, it's a funny one, but I feel like people shouldn't be too disheartened if their picture which they're happy with no, gets on there not. and doesn't get the traction they want. They shouldn't be disappointed as long as their friends see it and their family job done that's yeah. I'm yeah well this is it as well he's saying before like, you might not get many likes and I say you care about that but then you go down to your shop or you go hand at the bike park and your friend's talking about it yeah and for some reason let's say you know they didn't necessarily give it a double tap yeah you know they've seen it and you know they're interested or you talk to someone like oh I heard about this mm. and you're like oh you don't f like the NTV thing like oh, everyone's heard about it yeah. I bumped into someone from Rotorua yesterday I was riding with them and they were talking about it and I was like how do you how do you know and like you assume because someone doesn't follow you or like your post that they don't know about it. Yeah. But everyone really knows about this team. Mm. And it's it's quite it's like of course they do, but not everybody wants to click the follow. Like yeah. You just see it. It's just more content. So yeah. You don't necessarily make a conscious effort to. I never like posts. Very rarely. Yeah. Like, and it's not because I don't like it. It's because I just. I just just sometimes don't think. You know, you just you just in that scroll hole and you just. <laughs> <laughs> scroll hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I think I think yeah, it's easy to take that stuff personally. Yeah. Um, is it, not... is it like a quick rule of thumb? If I follow you and I haven't liked your post, I've naturally liked it because I'm already following you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you don't follow me, well, fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. And if I don't follow you, it's because there's lots of people that I I don't as well, which I know really well. But again, it just doesn't think it doesn't pop into my head to. It's not a conscious effort to or to not follow someone. It's just yeah. Like so, I'm not. I'm not a. I use it quite a lot in terms of just like scrolling and for like a bit of news, see what's going on. But oh, we all do. It's, not it's like, addictive, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not like, uh, I definitely don't feel like I'm as as absorbed as 
a lot of people, but I, I reckon it's overall. It's I think it's good, and I think it's like sad's probably the wrong word, but when I hear people saying like they need to have a bit of downtime or they need to put it down, I feel sorry for them because I feel like they're not they're looking way too much into it than what they yeah they need to. Oh, I've done that, and yeah, I literally last month I turned my phone on for a week. Yeah, I looked, but that was a bit of work. There's a lot. It was, running a company, I mean, it's like, I'm nothing special in that sense. Like, yeah. a lot of people run companies. I think but because mine's so online, you, you spend a lot of time looking at your phone. And then, the, yeah, I, told my, I, just like, I just was like, nah, I'm going to run my bike for a week, turn my phone on for a week. Honestly, it was, a, it was incredible. Yeah. And that's not just social media, that's life. But yeah, I, it does come from a negative place when yeah. you do that. It's not, you're not happy. Yeah. But it's normal, I think. But yeah, you've got to look at Instagram differently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's hard to... If you care, it's it's a it can be difficult. Yeah, sure. Well, that's what made me realize. Actually, I uh, I realized I was following a lot of companies. Well, again, like I, you know, yeah. I follow VHS, but I was following. But I kind of care because I know you. But I was following a whole heap of companies that I don't know the owner of, and all they're essentially trying to do is sell you shit on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, fucking hell! All I'm doing is like. When, I, when you have ads up on YouTube, I can't wait to skip the ads. Yeah. But then you go on your Instagram, and it's essentially you've followed fucking a thousand adverts yeah and even if it's like you follow a professional rider yeah some of their almost all their content is essentially an advert as well mm -hmm. and so i was like all i feel like i'm doing is get scrolling through this fucking list of adverts and shit that i don't want to buy no so then i yeah and then i had that i was like all right i'm not deleting it because i like if i i like it for communication or whatever but i'll just i'll chill and that's when i realized i was like for one, that classic, well, if you don't like it, stop following it. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, like the I most mean, like, obvious good rule thing. Of that. So I went on and I'd, uh, I actually, with them specific, cause there's, again, there's lots of brands, even if I don't know the owner, I actually do like their, like their ethos and just what they try to do. So I think that's, you know, keep on that. And then again, you know, professional riders, that's, I love mountain biking and that's what you follow. Yeah. So and again, at the end of the day, it's their job to sell you some. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, brands they ride for, so. You've got to, you can't take you can't have one without the other, um, but going back to what what made me realise is I need to stay is my I think it might be my mum or auntie or somebody had made made a comment of like are you doing all right because I just haven't seen you post on social media in a while I was like yeah I'm sweet yeah. I'm doing even better because I've not been on that for a while and they're like <laughs> yeah. oh it's good to know I just don't obviously we don't hear anything from you yeah unless you're posting something as an update so I was like all right it's actually important just to check in even if it's like a especially grandparents though because they, yeah. they they use it but they don't know how to use it I think yeah. well they just do it to check in on you Yeah. my mum only made downloaded Instagram and made an account I think to follow what I did once I was overseas because I was using it more than Facebook Yeah. and so now I link <laughs> I link both accounts so whoever's true yeah family so yeah yeah nah, yeah it's um. that's a bit of a tangent but no yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's an important tool for it's weird how much it's weird to think that at the end of the day Instagram's just a company yeah and everyone has to use this you don't have to but it's almost like you're not part of the world unless you're on Instagram yeah which is it's kind of absurd to think it's one company kind of has that control over you yeah, yeah it's like, not to get conspiratorial over anything but yeah it's, it is wild yeah how much social media is part of everything we do oh it's so real like, yeah yeah, yeah but, it's so real these days but I don't know I, don't know, yeah, I think overall it's a good thing lots of people keep saying oh like again you listen to podcasts and like oh like you know I've been like I need to try and cut down on Instagram da, da, da. I'm like well not necessarily you need to just change your 
um, perception of Instagram. I think yeah. that's that's my advice to people because it is real. It's not a fake. Like, it might be a bit of a front or like your people are only posting good things. Yeah. But you don't want to look at it and look at a thousand posts that make you depressed. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Which I know kind of like is what's happening when people are comparing their life to all these amazing stuff. But look, just have a scroll back through your own profile and just look at how much amazing stuff you do yourself. I think it's... Oh, yeah. And I, then you I did realize that. how lucky you are. You know, if you, you look back for your own stories, yeah. you can look at any stories from like years ago. Like, And I look back from my 2019 Europe trip just the other week and it was like, man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And like... Because you, you can, because when you post stories, it's very in the moment. Yeah, it's that's I think the best part about stories is, stories is never really that orchestrated. It's very, yeah. it's just what's happening at the time. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's like it's always these real memories as opposed to, your posts not not necessarily as much real. Yeah, they're not fake, but they're but it's a bit more like thought out because yeah. it's permanent whereas a story you just post something funny like yeah. even if it's super dumb yeah. like you think it's funny you post it it's gone in twenty four hours <laughs> yeah. like. I know I posted some very stupid shit, like, but you know. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just I don't know. But yeah, I think yeah, social media is great, but it just yeah, don't let it get <laughs> yeah. to you. It's yeah. not. It's also not that important. But. <laughs> no, no, hashtag. But so, um, going back to VHS after that little Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So the future was we've obviously there's one thing that we kind of obviously not. It's still in the pipeline and yeah, kind of land. It's gonna come out at some point. Do you know, without digging into it too much, have you got a kind of a frame time frame in mind of when this oh. new product could be um, at least talked about, or is it just need to? No, nah, so I haven't even actually started it. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, I have like I've I'll occasionally put a couple of hours to mentally mentally designing it. Yeah. or drawing it out. I've got a brief for it. Um, I'm going to buy... No, that's one giveaway. I'm going to buy a 3D printer soon so I can test a few different models and designs. Yeah. Um, I don't have a manufacturer yet, but I have I have leads to help me find one because um, it's a little bit more complicated than anything else I've done before. Um, may require an app, maybe not. That's a bit of a giveaway, but... Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but you know it doesn't really it's matter. Right. Yeah, it's fine. Well, we've got ten listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you've got more than that. But no, it's. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Um, pro- I'd like to think by the start of twenty twenty four downhill season, I might have at least a prototype. Maybe sooner, maybe later. So I, I don't know. It's not a priority at the moment. The priority is to make sure the tape is easy to get hold of. Um, finally, we're changing all our logistics from a central point in Hong Kong, which basically was either I eat a massive shipping cost, which is more than the product itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems to be going up at the moment with fuel prices. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of leveling out, but yeah. the problem with a small product is if you want something shipped overseas fast, it's like $30. And yeah. that's nothing, right? Yeah. But when your product's $30 as well, USD, that's a lot. Doubles, yeah. Yeah, but if you, yeah so it's... And then you're like, okay, so the other options is $10 and I charge a customer five yeah. um, US, obviously. And... So I eat some of the costs and that's fine. So this is margin and I'd, I'd, I'd like the customer to be able to get something cheap. But then um, but then shipping is like a month or two. Yeah. And then the track, and there's, not, there's not really a tracking number to it. There's a tracking to when it leaves the facility so you know it's coming. Yeah. But then they don't know where it is. Yeah. And then after three weeks, they're like, where is it? And then, and then you see it on a ship sideways in the, in the <laughs> canal in <yeah>. Egypt. <laughs> and it happens like, 
stuff goes missing, but then you can't tell them it's missing or you can't confirm that it's missing because you don't even know as, as the business owner where your product is until Arbor arrives or doesn't. Yeah. So I kind of have like a, a three to four week window. If it's gone further than four weeks, I'll normally send another one. But generally speaking, they'll get two because yeah. they will always arrive. But but it's not a good practice. If someone wants something, especially the way it is, it is with Amazon overseas and the way people kind of expect things now, is like that is the standard mm. and agree with it or not that's what I've got to as a business match Yeah. so what we've done is instead of trying to send it from one local spot which is close to my manufacturer and spread it I'm actually bringing back shipping for Australia and New Zealand back to my garage and I'll do it myself <laughs> yeah I know it yeah. sounds like a back, step backwards but it's, it really isn't and it gives me something to do yeah <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but so yeah so if you order within Australia and New Zealand now you know it's coming somewhere pretty close place um so you get yeah. so you get cheap shipping i don't eat too much of the cost and it will be there within two weeks depending yeah. on where you are so it's less within new zealand i guess or if they come to queenstown they can just go to bro bike and buy it yeah any well, any shop really oh, um, any shop yeah any shop but it's good if you're if you're overseas or if you're you don't know you can buy it from a local shop or they're out of stock you know you can buy it on there there'll be a few things on the shop that are exclusive to a shop like i'll bring it back merch these are the little things I couldn't do yeah. with the Hong Kong business. I couldn't have like a shirt. People like the shirts, but I couldn't sell them. Yeah. Um, like mud guards, stickers. I know it's not much, but it's like yeah. those little extra things to support the company if you like it. Yeah. Um, so we've got a place in the UK, based in, I believe Scotland. Um, we've got a guy there who's, who's doing all of, all of the UK. My business partner, he's got a, a distributor company in America, so he'll look after Canada, US. So now when someone goes on the website, they order it, they know they're ordering basically from a reasonably close location and it will ship and probably be with them within a week, which is, so they don't have to spend money and get it quick, which has been probably the, the trickiest thing about all this, especially launching in COVID and trying to ship out in New Zealand. Like I was, send, I was sending stuff in New Zealand for $15 New Zealand yeah. at the time, which it to me isn't expensive. And we're used to waiting long times in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, you order and anything we order, you're like at least a month. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like not necessarily, but generally speaking, you're like this could take a month, couple of weeks, yeah, yeah a couple of weeks to a month. It is what it is. If you want something urgent, well, you know, you should have ordered it earlier. Like this, yeah. it's kind of life. But with a small consumable product like that, I guess you do need it quick. Um, and the expectation for everyone else, maybe other than New Zealand, is that it's quick. So yeah. it's been a bit of a journey trying to sort that out. But I think we're finally there, and we're talking about getting another one in Europe as well. So. Lots of different facilities. The customer will never know because it's the same website. They just get geolocated. And yeah, so hopefully that will put us in a better position to launch some other little bits that I've got in a pipeline which aren't as secretive. I was going to say, well, is there anything else in the pipeline that we can... Um, yeah, nothing nothing huge, but like some small things that we're going to do. We're going to do a collab with some grip with a grip company. So I have our own grips. Um that's in the works. I've got a frame protection collab, which will hopefully sort out soon, which my business partner owns part of. You see uh, sneak peek pictures of that somewhere already? There's one on my there's one on my trail bike. So I believe that has been posted. No, there's a post on Instagram right now, actually. There's a bit of a sneak peek. So it doesn't say anything. If you, yeah. I and mean, you might be able to draw the conclusion. Yeah. It's, like I say, it's nothing wild, but it's just something I'm doing. Um, some other frame protection stuff that isn't um, wrap uh, more of like shuttle we've well, got a shuttle a shuttle guard yeah nothing again, there's nothing groundbreaking but just like these little extra things yeah still keeping it to the the 80s theme um, yeah I don't <laughs> why, see too much why did that how did the 80s theme 
become um, uh... basically I went into a shop Vertigo Bikes Ben I told Ben about the product idea and then the next day he came back and said you should sell it in VHS boxes and call it VHS so it's kind of <laughs> kind of him yeah um, his vision may be a bit different to mine because I've always I've always been excited by like I'm a bit of a nerd so I've always been excited by like Blade Runner the yeah. OG Blade Runner and I guess the new one came out which was, was a bit of a fanboy for that <laughs> but I'll always like that sort of cyberpunk old school future yeah. sort of vibe so I've made it I've tried to lead my product and my branding into that as opposed to just being another company that does 80s because 80s is hot right now and 80s yeah. is sick like um, and my team's got like a 90s vibe but and that, which is very much the standard 90s vibe but yeah, I lent more into the the darker side of the eighties. I think. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's a bit more neon, a bit more sci-fi. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. I don't know how to quite explain it. You kind of it's kind no, of, kind of a well, niche vibe. At, you just look at the uh, the logo, and it pretty much says it all. Yeah, yeah. I like to think I've done that right. Um, but yeah, that basically yeah, Ben Hildred kind of put me onto that that track at the very 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 start of my company, um, before I even put much effort into the actual branding of it yeah um and i just went from there basically so, so shout out to ben for that one but <laughs> um yeah as soon as he said it i was like and my heart just it just made sense of everything yeah. i i like to align with and the things that i like i was like that is just the the idea yeah so yeah i like to say it's ben hilda's idea and with my with my take but um yeah i think that's kind of it really so yeah well so, happy days i think i'm pretty happy with the yeah i mean yeah. i don't know don't really have much else to say about giving anything else away. Yeah. But. Well, we've got to keep some things secret. secret yeah. Uh, picks for just uh, probably just wrap her up because we're both downhill fans. Who's your pick? It's hard to say, but for this, who you're watching this year, oh. downhill wise? I don't know. I think Reese Wilson is, is on one. Yeah. I reckon he'll be on one after, after like taking almost like a year off. I think he'll be hungry. Yeah. And yeah, he's 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 not slow. And based off that, you watch the Flying Scotsman. Yeah. You saw how many like just mechanicals he had that kind of ruined his race runs, as opposed to the race runs himself being yeah. bad. Like, I think yeah, he'd be my pick. Yeah. I'm gonna say him. I yeah. think I gotta go with maybe Jackson Goldstone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Comes in first year elite. I mean, it's not ha- it's happened before with Japrella, so it's not yeah uh, not unreal to think that. Yeah, Jackson Goldstone. I think he's just been you know finished up with. Uh, hardline win yeah obviously last year taking actually a couple of well between him and Jordan Williams mm-hmm. like yeah, two, two of the faster times of the day I know you could argue different tracks but if that was true how comes the guys that qualify first often still win the race exactly yeah so yeah. and what did what Loris Verger got there well he, he is it Andorra when Jackson won he got the first time of the day or when Jordan I can't remember exactly because I feel like each cool. of them won but if that was true, then the guy, the first elite male to ride down should have won then. If yeah. the track's deteriorated that badly. Yeah, to a degree for sure. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think he would have won that race whether he was in his junior category or... I think it maybe dried out a bit more and it's a bit looser. But yeah. Even the day, so, like, if the track got that much shit out, one of those... All those guys that qualify are so damn good Yeah. that the, if the track made... Oh, no, it changes a bit, but if it was that big a difference... One yeah. of the guys that came down earlier should have technically won if Jackson's not. Yeah, when he, when he talks to him, so. he's normally only really 
there'll be a particular rut that they've been using that now isn't there. Yeah. But it won't be the whole track. Yeah. It'll just be certain lines that are like that they have to adapt to. But they're that fast and they're that good yeah. at riding bikes that they can adapt to it. So yeah. I, reckon... I mean, if you win hardline by that amount of money, by that amount of money, that amount of time. You're obviously not slow, you know. <laughs> yeah. so. so that's my. I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good pick. Mm. I didn't think about that we'll one. See, but, but we still got a couple of months to wait before the first one. I know. Cool. Oh, cheers for that. Nah, it's good, good to pick your brands a bit more. And always happy to probably do another one if we just want to talk a bit more shit about downhill. Yeah, I love downhill. Rather than downhill into VHFs too much. Yeah. But yeah, yeah cheers. Cool.